The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, Owen Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, because when you're aware of these things, then you can actually take action next time to benefit your management. That's how it works. It's a very complicated and complex condition, and it's unique to you. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulon podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. And we're back for another episode of the Insulone Podcast. Podcast? Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Graham, what's happening? How are you? I'm fantastic. I want to go straight in because I want to know about a story I just saw in your Instagram story. You bumped into, or was it a planned meetup, of a former guest on the Insulone Podcast. I want to know all about how that interaction happened completely random no way completely random yeah completely unannounced class and yeah just last night so basically for anybody who doesn't know i am in florida right now that's why my shoulders are peeling because <laughs> there's there's so much sun um i am wearing sun cream that's important to put point out so basically last night i was in the gym the local gym around the area that I have been going to consistently since I came. And I went in last night and it was busy because it was a Monday evening. I was expecting it to be quite busy. And I went in, I did a quick warm up, and I was just kind of looking around, seeing who was here, <laughs> seeing if whatever, just having a look around the gym. And I looked over at the treadmills and I was like, that guy's wearing a CGM on his arm. And then I I was obviously looking at him because I'd seen the CGM. And then I was like, wait a second. That guy looks really familiar, even from the back. And then I kind of walked to the side and saw the side of him. And it was Chris Rudin. And now I have met Chris before at the Diabetic Awards in... California in like 2019 and we've always kind of been back and forth on Instagram we've always kept in touch obviously then I had him on the podcast so I saw him and I was like that's Chris Rudin that's 
bizarre because it's not even like this really popular kind of famous gym that I've been going to. It's just been a pretty standard gym. What are the chances? And what was his reaction? Did he notice you straight away? <laughs> no. So basically what happened was I walked over and it was it was nighttime. So it was dark outside and he was on a treadmill facing the front window. Right. So he had his back to the gym. I could see him, obviously. He was facing the window. And obviously, because it was dark, the window kind of turns into like a mirror. You can obviously see the reflection a lot easier behind you. So basically what happened was I wanted to walk up to him really slowly rather than like give the chap a fright on the treadmill or something. So the treadmill beside him to his right was free. So I walked up really slowly and he could kind of see that somebody was walking up behind him in the in the window. But he obviously mm. didn't know that it was me because why in God's name would I be there? <laughs> so basically I walked up, got onto the treadmill beside him and just like slowly moved to the side. And he, I could see in his face, he was like, why is this lad like getting so close to me? And, and then he turned around and genuine shock he, he turned off the treadmill straight away and he was like what the fuck are you doing here <laughs> and then um we had a big hug and it was just it was mad i couldn't yeah. believe it it was weird because it's so random it wasn't even that i was in like a really kind of popular place in miami that people would generally go it's just like a pretty standard so, gym i take it he obviously lives around that area yeah he lives about 20 minutes away he said and that's his gym and that's his gym that he goes to all the time so he is uh he's going to be your gym buddy now for the next couple of weeks probably yeah we'll get a, get a couple of sessions in but as well, well we're probably going to do another podcast yes because i said it to him just because we're here why not but i couldn't believe it, it was mad that really good like brilliant yeah it was nuts um but he was shocked because he was like why are you here? <laughs> like, it's so, it's so, so random that I would be there. Yeah. You know? Out of um, all the gyms you could have gone to as well. Yeah. You were specifically in that one where Chris Rudin was in. And what a great episode as well. Scroll back if you haven't yet listened to Chris's. One of the most inspirational episodes that you could listen to on the Insulon podcast. Um, anything else, Owen, before we jump into some emails? Yeah. So basically, I wanted to briefly touch on this. So I have been seeing more consistent rises in the morning. Now, for me, I'm, as you know, I'm always on top of things. I'm tr always trying to understand what is it, why is it happening, what's causing it, what can I do, yada, yada, yada. But I've been consistently seeing a rise in the morning, right? Particularly around my coffee. So my coffee, I know my coffee is kind of like giving it a bit of a boost up, but... Just before this podcast, I took two units of insulin to counteract my expected rise. So let's hope I do have a rise or else I'm going to go low during the episode. Because, and as I always say, it's about understanding what's going on. Are you reviewing and monitoring what's going on? And are you taking action based off your experience? So like my three A's, awareness, anticipation, action. I was aware of the fact that my bloods were consistently going higher. I was anticipating them 
to continue to go higher. And the action that I've taken today is taking two units. So fingers crossed. It keeps me level rather rather than going low during the podcast. So I'm warning you in advance. Well, actually, do you want to check out what you're reading is now? And then we can yeah. check it at the end of the podcast. And actually, that reminds me. <clears throat> it was funny because Chris was obviously doing cardio on the treadmill when I saw him. And for a lot of people, cardio can bring your blood sugar down. And just after we we kind of saw each other, he was like, I don't know if my blood sugar is low and that's why I'm seeing you or you're actually here right now. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I feel dizzy. It's like, I don't know if I'm hallucinating or you're actually here right now. So I gave him a few glucose tablets to bring himself back up. We're 5.6 right now. Steady. Okay. So 5.6, what would I be? So, oh, 100 on the button for anybody using MG. Okay, so we'll do another reading at the end and we'll see what the story is. Thank you very much for anyone who's emailed the podcast over the last couple of weeks and months. We are trying to get through them as many as we can. The Podcast at gmail.com is the email address you can hit us up on. I'll jump straight into email number one and that is Evelyn and Tyke and they say thank you. They kick off. Hi, Owen and Graham. First of all, a massive thank you to both of you for the podcast. We are on our second time listening to all the episodes and we always hear something that we missed. You bring humour to something so serious as part and parcel of so many people's lives. It's now our morning ritual, an episode on the way to school each morning. Also, congrats on 10 years. We had 13 years on the 28th of December. Your post-COVID blood sound like the teenage years. Who knows what's going to happen each day? Between hormones, stress and adrenaline, some days it can be a minefield. We did change to FIASP insulin and for us that has made a great difference. But as you say, what works for us might not work for anyone else. Oh, and the roasties. We've had the same experience of the rising bloods every time. So now it's sweet potatoes all the way, just like eating veg, no effect on bloods at all. Wanted to mention too that in 2008, Tig got the swine flu virus in the November. He was very ill with that. And then in December, life changed, shall we say, when he was diagnosed with type 1. His consultant actually said it was the virus that attacked the pancreas as there's no diabetes anywhere in our families. Keep up the fab work and amazing guests that inspire us. We love the Thursday morning for the new episode and now the bite-sized episodes as well. Take care both. That is from Evelyn and Tyke. What a great email. And so (laughs) there's so much in that. Firstly... As always, thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for getting in touch, Tyg and Evelyn. The fact that you've listened to every episode twice shows massive commitment and you've probably listened to more episodes than me and Graham have. So we, we appreciate you. you know, big shout out, all big the, shout out for that. Yeah, we, we love seeing those time. downloads go up, especially because we know Evelyn and Tyg are accounting for double the amount that normal people do. <laughs> That's probably why the downloads keep rising. It's just <laughs> Evelyn and Tyg listening. So we appreciate it. And big congrats on the 13 years. Because And I know it's actually kind of a strange thing to say congrats about living with type 1 diabetes for 13 years. But when you live with it, you understand that it is something to be proud of to live with it for so long. So keep doing what you're doing. And I want to point out, I'm honored to be part of the morning routine because (laughs) I'm big on my morning routines and I know how important they are for the rest of the day. So to be featured 
on your morning routines each day is a is a massive it's a massive honor and i also have memories back when i used to be driven to school and there would be something out it was probably before the podcast days but there were songs that i used to always listen to every morning going to school that when i hear them now it kind of puts you back in that place you know you know graham when you listen to a song and like instantly brings you back to a time so there's songs that i have that almost put me back in the car going to school as a kid so to have my podcast playing in the car on the way to school is a nice sort of memory for that even for me so i appreciate it let me know about that what's your songs give us one that would place you back into the school do you know i don't even know it's like <laughs> they're old songs that I would only know them to hear. And I've never searched or voluntarily listened to one. It's mm. always just when one has come on. I know that's probably not a satisfactory answer, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's one of their, they've been those songs that once they're on, it's like, <gasps> boom puts me back there but i actually don't know the songs britney spears oops i did it again. that's <laughs> yeah, what we'll exactly. just go with <laughs> yeah probably like s club seven or something and another thing about the swine flu almost being the cause for tigs type one that seems to just be a recurring theme that we're hearing and specifically more so around covid now <clears throat> i've spoken to i'd say about 15 people who had COVID and then relatively shortly after were diagnosed with type one. So there has to be some link there. And I know I've said it previously on the podcast before too, but even from my own experience, when I was about, I think like 10 days old, I had a bad virus and I had to get like a lumbar puncture and everything to see what it was. And I was told that it Basically, my type one diagnosis could have been related to that. And whatever virus that was, was almost laying dormant in my system up until I was 19 years old when something must have triggered it to kind of kick in. But that can be just speculation. I have no idea. That's just what I've been told from um, various people and again, from my own experience. But as well, I was actually only having, I know there's a few points to go through from that email because it was such a good one. But when Evelyn spoke about the teenage years, I was actually only having a conversation with one of my doctors last week about this and specifically about hormones and the impact and the influence that they can have on blood sugar. And I was saying, I feel I was lucky to be diagnosed at the age that I was because number one, I was old enough to realize the severity of it. I was old enough to take care of it myself. I didn't have to rely on my parents or or other people around me. But also, I kind of skipped those early teenage years. Because when you're becoming a teenager, your hormones are obviously all over the place. And they can have a massive influence on your blood sugar. And obviously, even mentally and emotionally, you're going through a lot as a teenager, which 
may leave you not wanting to manage your blood sugar as your top priority. There's other things going on in your life. So I always feel as if I was very lucky to skip those years. So I always, I'm not going to say feel sorry for, but I always understand and appreciate how difficult it must be for parents and teenagers to go through those years. So Tyg, Evelyn, I'm happy you got through it and you're obviously doing really, really well. So I appreciate you listening to the podcast again. And we greatly appreciate you reaching out. Let's move on to Rachel's email entitled Blood Sugars and Cafeterias. She says, hey, Owen, I love your podcast. I've been diabetic for a while and I've just started university. I'm having a hard time navigating the cafeteria and maintaining blood sugars. I've always had control over what food was being made and easy access to carb, fat, protein, fibre count. Now I feel like I'm constantly guessing. Any tips? Really, really, really good question. So I appreciate you asking that, Rachel. And this is something that I myself will struggle with. This is something that almost everybody living with type 1 diabetes will struggle with. So much of, again, I'm just going to speak from my own own experience. So much of my consistent management and consistent blood sugar comes from me understanding the food that I'm eating. Me having an accurate carb count, having the ability to pre-bolus, understanding the impact of fat and protein and fiber. Gives you clarity around the food that you're eating, gives you clarity around your entire day, in my opinion, when you know what's in the food that you're eating. Because whether I like it or not, whether it's convenient or not, whether it frustrates me or not, the food that I eat and the insulin that I take essentially has the biggest impact on my blood sugar each day. That's just a fact. I know obviously various other factors do as well, but immediately the two biggest impacts for me and for everybody, insulin and food. Now, things are instantly complicated blood sugar wise when we don't know what's in the food that we're eating. So if we're at a cafeteria, if we're at a restaurant, if we're at a friend's house, we can't whip out a weighing scale and scan barcodes and measure exactly what's in the food that we're eating so that we can calculate the insulin that we need. We just can't do that. Now, for me, how I manage those sort of situations, number one comes from personally the decisions that I will make. And the decisions that I make around the food that I'm eating when I'm out are primarily to simplify my blood sugar management, to try and avoid any massive highs or massive lows for the rest of the day, right? And ways that I do that, let's say I'm out at a restaurant or a cafeteria because that's what Rachel's talking about specifically. Now, I don't know the type of food that's available or she has access to in the cafeteria but this is my thought process around a situation like this so first thing i will eat my vegetables first if there are vegetables as an option right when i eat my vegetables first i know that the fiber in those vegetables can help slow down and reduce the rate of the spike of blood sugar from any food following those vegetables That's number one. 
Second thing I do is I will always focus firstly on a protein source. So whether that be like a chicken breast or steak or turkey or whatever it is. If I focus on the protein part of the meal, I know that, again, it's going to help the blood sugars, but also fiber and protein are very satiating foods, meaning they will keep me more full for longer. So I know if I focus on the protein and the vegetables, i.e. fiber, I am less inclined to overconsume on things like chips and pastas and those type of foods that can potentially cause havoc on my blood. Now, I don't completely avoid those foods because I still really enjoy the food that I eat. And if you listen to this podcast, you know firsthand I do not restrict what I do and what I eat. I just manage around it. So veggies first. I focus on the protein and I will always pre-bolus. I will not eat without pre-bolusing. That's me personally. That is just a non-negotiable in my day. Now, somebody listening might be like, what do you, what do you mean you don't pre-bolus? You're out at a restaurant or you're at a cafeteria, whatever it might be, you don't have time. Make the time. I make the time for it because it's important to me. Right? And I know that if I don't pre-bolus, my bloods are going to piss me off more than I want. <laughs> All right? Mm. So how I do that, I get the food, eat the veggies first. But when I know what I'm eating, I'll take my insulin. And then while I'm eating my vegetables, I will use that time as a pre-bolus time. So I'm not just sitting there kind of twiddling my, th- twiddling my thumbs, waiting for my insulin to kick in. I take it, then I eat the vegetables. So it's like killing two birds at one stone. Another thing I always do and always consider and always keep in mind is when I'm eating out, the chances are there's more in the food that I think there is. And what I mean by that is, generally speaking, takeaway food, restaurant food, whatever it is, will have more carbohydrate, more fat in it than you think it will. That's typically why it tastes so good. So that being said, we all instinctively have a calculation going through our head every time we look at food. Well, I know I do, and I know a lot of people do. So if a plate of food arrives in in front of me, my brain is going, and I'm making all these instinctive, automatic calculations around what I think is in the food in front of me. How much insulin do I think I need? So let's say I'm sitting down to vegetables, I'm sitting down to chips, I'm sitting down to a steak, whatever it might be. Or Rachel's in the cafeteria. I look at it and within five seconds, I'll have an estimation around the amount of insulin that I think I need. Let's say it's five units. Because I'm eating at a restaurant or because I'm at a cafeteria or because it's takeaway food, I'm expecting there to be more in that than I think there is. So my instinctive thought is five units. But I will add on at least another 10 or 20% of insulin for that meal because I'm at a restaurant. So let's say it's a 20% increase. My automatic calculation says I need five units. 
in my own head, I'm thinking I need five units, but I'll add on 20%, which is what? An extra one unit because I'm eating out. And the last thing is learn from previous experience. Again, going back to my three A's, awareness, anticipation, action. So much of your diabetes management is understanding how everything affects your blood sugar. Your insulin dose, your exercise, your food, your stress, your sleep, all of these different things. You have to be aware of those things. You don't need to obsess over them, but you can't ignore them. Because if you're not, let's call it, reviewing past experiences and results blood sugar-wise around certain foods or doses or exercise, you're not putting more tools in your toolbox for the next time around. So I'll give you an example. Last week, I went out for sushi. I went through all the things that I've just gone through. Now, it sounds like a lot, but I do these things now automatically because I'm just so used to doing them. But basically, went out for sushi, did the automatic calculation of insulin, added on what I thought I need, and had my sushi, and I ended up going slightly higher than I would like. So I think I needed like a two-unit correction for what I had. So that's even after you looked at the food, you thought about how much you needed, you added on 20% because you were eating out, and then you needed probably another 20%-ish yeah. on top of that. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So basically what happened then, because I was aware of the insulin that I took, the food that I ate, the time that I took my insulin at, and the correction potentially, well, the correction that I did need, I was able to say, right, this is the total insulin I needed. This is when I should have taken my insulin. This is the food that I ordered. So... I have more information next time, right? Yeah. Then on Saturday, just gone, went back to the same place. And I said, right, I'll test out what I did the last time. Ordered the same thing because that's what I wanted. It was absolutely unreal. (laughs) I love sushi. So given the experience I had previously, I had everything mapped out. So I knew exactly what I needed to do to keep my blood sugar stable for that meal. So used the exact formula based on the review that I had done, added on those two units that I needed as a correction, my blood stayed perfect. You don't have to obsess over your bloods. I strongly advise that you don't obsess over your bloods. Easier said than done. But it's things like that that make the difference to your management. If you look back, give yourself five, 10 minutes. Look back from your dinner last night and say, what could you have done differently? Could you have taken more insulin? Could you have taken less insulin? Could you have taken your insulin at a different time? Because when you're aware of these things, then you can actually take action next time to benefit your management. That's how it works. It's a very complicated and complex condition and it's unique to you. So the vast majority of the responsibility essentially will come down to me. That's how I look at it. Rachel and anyone else really who likes to eat. So I presume that is everybody who listens to this podcast. I hope you got some (laughs) valuable information out of that one. Some really detailed um, advice there from Owen. 
and also on the ground experience eating his sushi as well and how he uses his own methods to help better improve his blood sugar management. Owen, I think we'll leave it at that. I would love to get you to check your levels now to see what reading you're at. You were at 5.6, was it? 5.6 at the yeah. start, yeah. How long is it? 30 minutes. And you were saying that your bloods have been going upwards in the morning after your coffee. So you took extra, took two two units? Two units extra. Yeah. So anticipating you... that spike. Uh-huh. And look, Graham. What are we at? 5.3. Yes. Perfect. So where do you think you would have been if you didn't take your two units? Oh, maybe about nine or ten, I'd say. That quickly. After about 20, yeah. 25 minutes. Well, see, I took the insulin before this episode. So it okay. would have been over an hour ago. Okay. Because we were obviously kind of chatting for a bit beforehand. Yep. But the spikes that I've been seeing have just been like super gradual. Like that just classic dawn phenomenon. Mm. And I was actually talking to, within that kind of same conversation last week when I was talking to my doctor, I was asking about what's the story with the unpredictability of dawn phenomenon and these different patterns and phases that we go through. Because like over the last 10 years, there's times where my bloods would just be perfect in the morning. And then there's other times where there would be that rise. And then there's other times where you might see a bit of a dip. And I was like, is there any reason for that? And obviously the vast majority of that stems from hormones causing that glucose release naturally and i said like is there any way to really understand when and why it's happening and they just told me because it's hormones it can just be completely random which is very frustrating because i always like to be in (laughs) control of these things (laughs) but um again going back to evelyn and ty it just goes to show you how difficult it must be as a teenager with all those hormones and a woman each month hormones fluctuating a lot more than a man's would so they have it harder than i do thank you very much for your emails this week the podcast at gmail.com if you have any other emails anything at all any questions or experiences or anything you want to ask or tell owen that is where you can get in contact with him and of course follow on instagram he's at insel owen absolutely and as always Say it every episode, bro, and continue to say it. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your ears. We know there's hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there. So the fact that you are listening to ours means a lot. So we hope you're benefiting from it. We love the emails. We love the engagement. Tell a friend. Tell your family. Tell everybody. If it helps you, it'll help someone else too. So we appreciate it. We'll chat to you soon. Chat to you next week. Look after those bloods. Take care. Take it easy, man. Bye.